0: Eat Yourself Better is brought to you by Be Fit Food. Join the winter 28-day challenge and lose between 5 and 10 kilos in just 28 days. This week on the Eat Yourself Better podcast...
1: And and I found that actually from doing the marathon. It was just like, you know, at the 35 kilometre mark. I'm like, why am I doing this? This is bullshit. My, like, I'm, I'm, oh. like, I'm limping on my right leg uh, and my left leg just hovering in the air and I've still got seven more kilometres to go.
0: It's comedian Dilruk Singer. Kate and I caught up with Dilruk and here's how it went. Um, Kate we have A very funny guest uh, This week on Eat Yourself Better It's Rook J. Singer uh, You know him As a stand up comedian And actor Sri Lankan born Aussie stand up comic Comedian You've probably seen him On Hughes We have a problem Have you been paying attention And ABC's Utopia He actually won A Logie in 2018 For the most popular New talent He's got a stand up Special on Amazon Prime Called Bundle of Joy Welcome Dilruk How are you mate? Fantastic Thank you so much For having me That's uh, it's,
1: all, it's, it's I forgot Got and uh, the, it's nice when someone reads out your credits when you're unemployed, <laughs> just to remind you that you were doing well. <laughs>
0: it's like, oh yeah, that's right. Things are nice. Uh, that yeah. was so I was doing some things, you know. Yeah. Back in, back yeah. In, uh, before twenty
1: nineteen, <laughs> before I had to wake up and then figure out, all right, what do I do next? Uh, do I try yoga? Do I try the guitar today? Which one am I going to go with?
0: <laughs> oh man. Well, I, um, you know, I was reading on your Instagram that you were, you were supposed to be on a on a stand up tour. Uh, did you even? perform any of your stand-up tour before you had to cancel everything? I did. I was
1: quite lucky. Well, I uh, I did three towns. I did Perth, uh, Adelaide, and Brisbane. So I did my show about 25 times and it was, you know, it, it was, it, it hit that sweet spot where you feel like, alright, the show is ready. I can now just sit back and enjoy performing yeah. it without having to tinker at it. Yeah, now you're going to have to try and uh, <laughs> basically this, you know, I, I don't even know how much of it will be relevant by the time we come back.
2: Oh, well, right. I, I was kind of thinking too, see, when i Looked you up. I saw the thirty kilos weight loss, and I was like, mm. "Ooh, I'm dying to know. Have you gained weight, in ISO? Has this been good or bad for you?" Uh,
1: well, iso has been bad. That's the f- <laughs> end of the story. But uh, but in terms of weight loss, uh, no, I reckon I'm actually probably the fittest I've ever been in my entire wow. life. I reckon because uh, I lost a total of uh, it was thirty five kilos, I think, uh, in total. Because uh, it started at the, at the beginning beginning of 2018 when a friend of mine, Ben Lomas, another comedian, uh, we were both about 125 kilos each and we uh, decided to have a bet between us and the first of us to get under 100 kilos wins $1, oh. 100, a thousand bucks. And a double digit figure was something that he and I hadn't been, you know, since our teen years maybe. So, uh, you know, the stakes were quite high with the thousand bucks and uh, and we decided as well to track our bet on our podcast, a podcast we do mm-hmm. called Bet Well, was interesting is we kind of thought that the bet would go for about you know a year and a half or so for us to lose about you know 25 <laughs> kilos by episode eight we get a result <laughs> is, well, wow. yeah so people nice. want to listen to it the first eight episodes uh tracks the bet and so we do have a winner and as I jokingly say I won't give away who wins because you know it's obviously part of the fun but yeah. uh, let's just say the middle of 2018 on holiday for holidays you know Ben uh, I, I went to Thailand and Ben went to Mildura so that might give you an idea so, who ended up winning the bet. But um, no, I um, I did uh, I did sort of find it interesting that during that time I basically focused on running because of the touring that I was doing. As someone who, ne- who was never really physically fit uh, or really didn't care about his physical fitness, uh, it was really tough to maintain a routine when you're constantly traveling. So I figured I'll pick up running because all I need to do is pack my runners and bit you know something to run in for my tour. So that's why I kept went to. Was running. So what has happened since, though, is that once we got into isolation, uh, I was almost kind of angry that the, you know, that I, I just started going to the gym and I started to get a little bit of a routine going with finding gyms even on tour, like, you know, just finding signing up for, you know, two week memberships and whatnot, yeah. just to sort of not lose. Uh, I, well, after about a year and a half of running, I suppose, because I had done the, uh, after starting from zero in Jan 2018, I did get up to doing a marathon in 2018. Uh, 20- 2019 Amazing. so I thought okay cool I've done the running thing and I'm really and I got to the point where running is like my total like something I really look forward to and which is really a weird thing for someone like me who used to be so lazy just to think of running as being this source of comfort for me because it was not a part of who I was the idea of being healthy and stuff I then basically decided to take up running uh, to take up the gym but then once the isolation kicked in and they closed the gym I think I took it as like a like a real screw you to the university <laughs> whoever decided to take it away from me so I've been doing a lot more home workouts and stuff and that's been things like push-ups and and you know sit-ups and core workouts which are I think overall better for your fitness because you're actually working on some functional fitness so I would say wow. because of that now I'm probably fitter than I was <laughs> before, wow. we went, before we went into isolation like it's a really stupid little, little indicator but I'm able to like sit from cross-legged to go to standing without using my hands to touch oh, the yes. ground and that's something that i don't reckon i've been able to do since i was a baby so <laughs> so you know simple little things like that i'm sure people can do easily but for me it's a huge deal that i'm able to do it
2: in 18 months you went from not running at all to mm-hmm. running a marathon that is
1: yeah unbelievable months, think, roughly, yeah
2: wow and i think yeah. what
1: i think i was trying to try and say that to people when they ask me about it it's like the 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 importance of Uh, consistent baby steps is what that is, basically. It's like, you know, because you have, if you set yourself a goal, sometimes you start off as being so far away from that goal that it almost becomes a demotivator in itself because you Mm. realize how far you need to go. But um, there's even a, you know, but like rather than focusing on how to get from zero to 10, uh, mm. If you just focus on how do I get from zero to one and try and do that correctly, you're and you do that consistently, before you know it, you end up at 10, you know? So wow. uh, there's, there's a song in Frozen 2 that I find quite a lot of inspiration from. <laughs> that, there's, this, there's a song called The Next Right Thing, which is, yeah, the idea that basically, you know, the task at hand is so overwhelming, but if you just focus on what's the next step you need to take, and that seems doable. So you just do that. And then once you get there, you look at what's the next thing I need to do and then you do that and so if you just do that consistently you know before you know it yeah you're running 42.2 kilometers (laughs)
0: that's crazy everyone's tried one of those crazy diets or done a a full restructure of their whole life in one go and it never works Mm. out it never is you cannot maintain it so yeah the the consistency is difficult yeah yeah Mm. baby consistent baby steps consistent baby steps I like that I'm writing that down (laughs) food seems on your Instagram feed Food is a huge part of your life. Um, yes. There's, there's pictures. You've even got a little series you've got going on there called Dill Rookie Cooking, which which we love. Uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, so you'll, uh, run us through some food that you know, or, or your favorite sort of meals, and, and and obviously, a Sri Lankan born, there's that's a lot of an, an influence in your, in your uh, Dill Rookie cooking as well. Tell us about food in your life. Well, that's what's
1: the flip side to everything I just said, which is that while I've been physically fitter in isolation, I reckon diet wise, it's probably been horrendous uh so i probably I, I i probably if not for that fact i might have been like probably ripped to you know to bits right now if not for my horrendous diet uh because i've uh, uh you know as someone who's spent three decades of you know overeating and being lazy it's hard to kind of you know switch that uh coping mechanism off uh mm. instantly like especially i used to be a big boozer as well but in the last three three and a half years or so i quit drinking and uh and so so for me those three big things of sobriety laziness and uh, and overeating has been like my biggest vices and and this isolation has kind of basically brought those demons back out again so Ooh. so for me I've given myself a little little being kind to myself by basically saying, look, as long as you stay sober and active, you can eat what you want <laughs> because it's all, all three of it's been too hard to kind of balance because, you know, before before the lockdown, I was, you know, kicking a few goals in all three areas, but you know, the temptation to, to fall onto my usual destructive coping mechanisms uh, is very high, so I thought, okay, Margaret, if I feel like having gelato for breakfast, I'm going <laughs> to go it. for it. <laughs> so, I, in terms oh. of the cooking as well, well it was a different challenge in itself because i hadn't believe it or not in spite of losing all that 35 kilos and all that that was the, that entire time i never cooked once i basically um i yeah i hadn't i hadn't cooked anything in over about in about two years before isolation wow. uh, so because i was following a diet where i would not eat carbs sugar and dairy for six days uh uh combined with intermittent fasting where i would only eat between 12 to 8 o'clock or, and but then mm-hmm. i do that for six days and on the seventh day go absolutely crazy just and have a cheat day yeah. yeah and and uh you know i don't necessarily advocate for any diet or anything in particular i can only speak for what worked for me and uh for me it worked apparently you know having that one day to just Go completely buck wild, didn't uh, <laughs> didn't undo any of the, the the weight loss I had, and because for me overeating is such a psychological battle, that giving myself permission to have one day to give into that compulsive behavior yeah. meant that I was able to refocus for the the other six days. So Sunday to Friday, I could I could try and motivate myself to not break the the diet. Mm-hmm. And then give myself on Saturday just no rules. I, I I used to like. I'm much better now. But initially, when I was starting this this uh, this program, I basically would wake up at like five in the morning just to get a head start on the on the binging. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, because it was only one sleep, you know, sleep cycle. So I thought, bugger it, let's get really early into this. And also the first and the first meal of the day, I tend to try and keep it healthy with something like spinach and and you know and and uh, eggs just to mm-hmm. sort of like line my stomach. A bit, and then have some grapefruit as well, just to kind of give that uh, insulin uh, control. And then I would just lose my mind. <laughs> so it was like this controlled uh, destruction, basically. It's like it's almost like I had to learn that that basically this bad eating that I did for so long since the age of you know five, I guess, yeah. that it's almost. Not that it's a losing battle, but it's a battle that if I try to fight against it too much, that it'll win in the end. But if I let the force of it sort of like I work with the force of it, that it helps me maintain it. And you mentioned before, Jimmy, about uh, sustainability, mm-hmm. something that can you you can make, the changes you can make that are sustainable in the long term. Like, yes, in the past, I've able to buckle down and diet for like, you know, for a month or so, but then I just get so sick of it that I would just throw in the towel and then, then you know, fall back onto those same bad habits. Uh, whereas by allowing myself a little wiggle room, a little wiggle room once a week, just to kind of give that, Uh, destructive side of me a nudge it meant that I would uh, I would try sort of rein it in a bit for the rest of the time and so overall in a given space of time you know if you take you know obviously it's not exactly accurate like that but 50 weeks of the year you know if you have just seven days uh, you know one day per week so that's like what 200 (laughs) what 350 days (laughs) you know what I mean it's like you just basically have uh, you know 50 days of the 350 uh, that you sort of spent a little bit cheekily you're going to over all be healthy as opposed to what I was doing, which was trying to be healthy for 30 days and yeah. then give up and, and then do hard. the, yeah, and do the other 330 days bad.
0: We talk a lot on this podcast about um, health and healthy eating and and that's fantastic, but I just really quickly want to hear a day of your cheat day. What do you eat?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. So, I would wake up, uh, like I said, I'd kick it off with some sort of spinach uh, and greens just to make sure that I am not completely out of control initially, at least, some because I refer to it as conscious eating, so it's not <laughs> like it's not like uh, I diet, but I try and just be conscious because, again, it's something that. As someone who was obese for so long for for most of his life, there was a lot of unconscious eating. So it's almost like just you know, hand yeah, hand in the fridge and not even realizing that it's happening. Whereas Mm. so for me, the habit I've tried to change is that if I'm gonna do something, I have to be completely present with that thing. And and something uh, as simple as saying to myself, All right, today's the day you get to go completely nuts. That's fine, but can you at least just have you know some greens to kick things off like it sounds really like you're talking to a child which it kind of is because I guess that habit was created at a very young age mm. for me so it's almost like talking to this child version of me going hey buddy all right you know I, okay I'm gonna let you I'm gonna let you go crazy <laughs> but can you please <laughs> first just have some greens <laughs> yeah exactly so that would be around four five 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 thirty in the morning right and then once I let that settle in for about an hour and a half or so um my one of my favorites would be and i did it last weekend as well uh is to get cocoa pops Mm. with uh chocolate milk and sprinkle my and sprinkle milo on top of it and uh uh, and that's yeah that's just (laughs) that's just the start then you know there's croissants there's fried chicken there's it's basically throughout the week uh i don't do this anymore because i'm a little bit more in control of my uh, compulsion. But when I first started it, I, I would, uh, I would basically get a craving for something and instead of, uh, Giving into the craving like I used to, I would just write it down. I would put a note of note of it in my in my ah. book. And there's this, yeah, so yeah, save it for Saturday because it's it, it all the the reason it helped me was because every previous sort of control I tried to bring into my life in terms of food, it felt like saying never again. But with this, it felt I was just basically saying not right now. And because it was again this sort of kinder way to talk to this inner child who is has this need to overeat, that it was like all right. I'll wait, I'll wait. Fine, fine. Thank you. I'll Mm. forgive it to me later. So and also this weird idea of by acknowledging that I'm gonna get it later and writing it down, it took a little bit away of the craving. Like I think part of the craving is that anticipation of it. So by giving yourself that permission to know that you're gonna be able to get it, that it somehow reduced that that dopamine hit. Like almost Mm. I got that dopamine hit. Like I think they studied people who use porky machines and they found that the peak dopamine uh, happiness kicks in just they pull the lever, yeah. so even if they win a million dollars after that, they're still not as happy as just before they pull that that lever. So for me, the equivalent of that was being able to just say, oh, "Okay, yeah, you can have chips if you want, but yeah, just write it down and you can have it on Saturday." When I first started doing it, I would eat till I hated myself, <laughs> and it was because I was like, "I've got to finish this list. The list is, you know, <laughs> it's, uh, if I don't finish this list now, I'll regret it that till next happen? Saturday. Yeah, well, I'll regret it till." next Saturday and I would actually keep eating even though I didn't want to eat anymore because I had you know this bad uh, idea that somehow if I keep if I take the list off that I'd be happier but well what it is is basically realizing that no no you you can have it if you want and and a part of that compulsion for me is just that lack of control like feeling like I don't have control of my diet is Mm. what makes me want to overeat but as soon as I give myself that permission to go yeah you can have if you want I'm like oh it's not as fun anymore (laughs) so (laughs) it's like it's like again like i said it's very much talking to a a child almost and uh and again you know the long-term goal would be to find that control consistently across you know uh, uh you know more often than not but while i'm still battling these demons of wanting to you know, over drink and overeat, let me just try and just, you know, drip feed it a little bit. You know, it's like having a little monster that's, you know, causing going to cause a lot of chaos. But rather than locking it away and it's, you know, destroying the room that it's locked in, uh, you just let it out once a week.
2: When you've chosen the food over the alcohol, like that's a big step in itself because obviously food um, it can be the best form of, you know, health and nutrition and everything. And it can also be a source of medicine. But alcohol can never really be that. You know what I mean? So yeah. most people in ISO, if they've chosen something, um, it could be both food and alcohol. But if they had the choice, a lot of people are going for the alcohol. And I think we talked about this on a podcast earlier. Sorry, did you, sorry,
1: they are going for it or they are not? No, they
2: are. Yeah, Everybody, yeah. You are the first person person that we've spoken to in a little while Mm -hmm. um, particularly in the podcast that has completely abstained from alcohol over this COVID period or not used that as their Mm -hmm. you know as their vice yeah Yeah. Uh,
1: and and and, yeah truth be told like alcohol for me is you know uh, it's a consistent craving like oh, I mean I I don't really necessarily because when I used to drink I was a binge drinker mm-hmm. to the point where I would say as much as I love the taste of scotch and beer I loved being maggoted more like I enjoyed yeah, yeah. being absolutely wasted and so for me it was never about enjoying a couple of glasses of wine and then calling it a night it was about oh we're having two so let's have ten and yeah. that I don't think I can think of a time that I had any amount of drinks between three to ten it was either less than three or ten plus you know there's never anything in between so for me now uh oh since i quit drinking it's 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 people say oh you must be so happy because you you know you, you don't drink anymore and you don't miss it i'm like no i miss it every day i really do uh it's what i don't miss is how sh- you know can i swear on this <laughs> i was about yeah. to- <laughs> i was gonna say how should i feel the day after and how I uh, felt after, you know, how gross I was getting when I drank. And so for me, isolation has basically taken away um, the negative side of drinking for me. So wow. like, yes, yeah, so for me, the problem with I drank was that I would get so drunk and messy and, you know, and, and not get my work done the next day. Whereas with isolation and lockdown, I am by myself, so I can't embarrass myself to anybody and I have nothing to do the next day anyway. So these are perfect conditions for me to start drinking again. Mm. So for me, the battle to stay sober has been harder in these last two months Mm -hmm. than it ever has been since I first quit. and. I guess I never realized how competitive I am because I never did sports (laughs) as a child. But the very idea that this is the perfect time for me to get drunk uh, makes me not want to do it even more. Yeah. So it's like it's almost like the Vegas odds on me drinking in is paying really well that I'm (laughs) going to give into it. And so I just love proving that statistic wrong, this imaginary statistic that I've made up in my head that, that you know, I, I should be, and don't get me wrong, like I said, it's very tough yeah. and um, and in fact, one of the things I made sure I did was to, because I always had a full liquor cabinet at home, even though I, uh, I, I don't drink anymore uh, mm-hmm. but one of the things I thought about initially when we went into lockdown was to try and give away the booze because I felt like it's going to be an extra uh, risk to have it in the apartment with me uh, but then I decided to keep it here yeah, because now in this strange way it actually makes me feel more powerful because the reason I'm not drinking is not because I can't get out and go to the shops and buy and there's there's so many steps for me to get alcohol in my system whereas the truth right now is within five seconds I could go grab a bottle of wine and probably neck the whole thing in two seconds Mm -hmm. and uh, and then because I choose not to do it it somehow makes me feel a lot more powerful I don't know if that that Mm. sounds counterintuitive but that the 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 very feed the reason to know that the reason i'm not drinking is because i i choose not to is no. it yeah. makes me feel good yeah, that's
2: people that are listening will absolutely love to hear that the battles that you've had, you've come the other come out the other side of feeling stronger. The human mm. brain thinks about food three hundred times a day, whereas you alcohol you don't think about generally as many times. So it yeah. depends that's on obviously huh. where you are, but you're resisting it three hundred times a day. Huh. So that's that will wear you down. And they talk about it being like a muscle so the more that you practice resisting the stronger it gets to so you've done right. this but you know you obviously got the 35 kilos off and then you found your moderation too because anything that you do at that extreme that's going to make it harder and then at some point that willpower cracks so trying to find that moderation which you've been able to do with your diet very successfully and have your day off a week and even now you say you get full but the behaviour that I really liked in there is that because you start the day with something good, you've already in your own mindset, you go, okay, well, I need to set myself up for success, not for failure. So there's right. something about your your positive behaviour at the start of the day that you want to look after your body. You're going to give in for a little bit, but you've already committed to going, getting back on track. You've started with the grapefruit and the spinach, you know? there's yeah. um. And if you – that same sort of – I guess alcohol is more of a – it's it's a drug technically Mm -hmm. Um, and food can be seen as a drug and sugar, they say, is more addictive than cocaine when they offer it to mice and rats and see which bowl they go back to. But Mm -hmm. in saying that as well, we do need to eat, whereas the the alcohol is not the essential part of life. And I just – I find it amazing that your brain goes to – doing something really good for yourself to set your body up and line the tummy before you have those other things but you know that you're going back to normal. As soon as you've ended that day you can commit to it again. So I just think that that muscle that you've exercised 300 times a day must be pretty goddamn strong. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I, that's a, that, I've never heard of it being framed in terms of that idea of it being a muscle. And that makes perfect sense because it's like I, I would almost uh, say that the difficulties I've found with, uh, you know, resisting temptation within the lockdown is almost a version of muscle fatigue. Like it's like yeah. by trying to whatever say that – it was just the one muscle that was that I needed to flex when I wanted to resist temptation it's like because I'm doing it in overdrive for things like being lazy and things like being uh drinking again that it's almost like it's too fatigued when it comes to the the um the the eating side of things so again like yeah as much as tough as it is for me to say zero, you know, sweets during the week or six days a week that I used to do in Mm. the past, which became so natural to me or became easier for me, it's harder now. So what instead of just, you know, say, for example, three years ago, if I gave in to the temptation of wanting ice cream, uh, it wouldn't just be like a couple of spoonfuls, it would be the whole tub. Mm. Whereas yeah. now it is that, I guess if you want to use that muscle capacity, the idea is that I give into the the temptation by say having a couple of spoons. But once I've had those, I've already kind of got my fix or so that heat that I wanted, uh, which was, you know, not a craving of my body, but a craving of my psyche. So once, yeah. I fed, once I fed that, it's like, oh yeah, I don't need this anymore. I can put it back in the fridge, you know? Mm.
2: Well, thank you for sharing. All of that, what you have just shared, you can't imagine how much that will change the lives of people that are listening, that are having all of those struggles now. That those three things that the laziness, the drinking, and the overeating—they are—I wouldn't have a job as a dietitian if people didn't do those things every day. And I'm an exercise physiologist <laughs> and a diabetes no. educator, and right. you know, like I wish that that would go away, and that was. That was, I guess, the whole reason why I started the food company because I went, I can talk to people day in, day out, and I'd seen over 10,000 people and given them all the advice week in, week out, but sometimes you need to help people to get started if they can't find that start button and that's what the, the food or giving them the food, like you leave this office, you take the food with you and I know you'll get started. Whereas if I had a consult with them and I let them leave without their next meal... All Mm -hmm. of a sudden life gets in the way you know something happens and nothing goes to plan and I think you know what you've just shared is something it shows people how you've conquered Mm. those things very very like we're talking what a couple of years it's taken you you've Uh run a marathon you've lost (laughs) the weight you've got control over the drinking and eating to a much larger a much larger amount than what I guess you probably thought was possible five years Uh ago
1: yeah for sure and it's really interesting because i i uh when because of the podcast i do about about you know uh, fitness and health and stuff and uh we great really you few know, people are interested yeah it's called fit bet pod or FitBet fit basically and uh, yeah. we, we're, we're a lot filthy on that by the way as much as we do talk about <laughs> ment- uh, mental health and, and and food and diet and stuff like that and we've had some fantastic guests come through and talk about their own uh, you know struggles and cravings and stuff and we've had you know high profile comedians like Will Anderson and Dave Hughes as well mm. as uh, sports stars like uh, Andrew Flintoff you know from the England uh, yeah. cricket team mm-hmm. uh, you know sharing some you know Andrew Flintoff in particular was one of our you know biggest downloads because he talked about how he struggles with bulimia and he was an elite sportsman oh, wow. uh and he didn't know and no one knew that he had it because it was such a you know uh, mm. a, a, a bizarre thing to assume that someone who's playing at that elite level could have wow. that kind of eating disorder so it was really it's a, it's a really interesting podcast that we have and it has given us this access to people who now message me you know saying how they've being inspired to lose weight or, you know, someone who's literally met me after a show and his wife said that, you know, I saved their marriage because of talking about sobriety inspired their husband to get sober and, you know, things like that, which is all wow. fantastic. But because of that, I do get asked this question about, okay, what can I do? And, and I'm like, Honestly the short answer for me is I uh, you know I see a therapist because mm-hmm. it, there's so much information out there in terms of diet and exercise and and you know even sobriety that that it's so overwhelming but yeah. I felt, and I almost, you know, know all of it anyway. Like, you know, sure, I can refine it, and there's always going to be things that I don't fully understand. Like, I'm only just learning about probiotics and the importance of gut health. You know what mm. I mean? But but while the basic, the broad line, broad strokes, I know none of it really mattered until I found out why I have those compulsions. And it's mm. almost like that's the first thing I always tell people when they do hit me up on Instagram and stuff like that. I'm like, I can't really give you, uh, you know, a cookie cutter a uh, solution because it's so Mm. individual based people's lives in terms of their schedule and, and what they do, you know, you know, some people like running, some people told me that they did tap dancing and that's how they lost weight. You know what I mean? So Mm. it's like each to their own. But the, the thing that I find that was consistent between all of those methods is that, it's a you got to find something in terms of fitness something that you enjoy the process of to begin with and let the 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 by the the, the the fitness to be the byproduct of it so you almost yes. like show up to it because you enjoy doing it and it just happens to lead you to losing weight you know what i mean as opposed to yes. doing something and and almost reshifting that mindset of exercise from i said i think i saw this on instagram which is that to treat exercise as a a celebration of what your body can do rather than a punishment for what you ate. And as soon as you have that shift in mindset where you want to do something because that is the fun thing to do, the fitness becomes this bonus and and you're more likely to stick to it because you keep showing up for other reasons. And so whatever it is your jam, whatever it is that you want to do, that you're more likely to stick to it. But the more important thing I always say to people is just figure out what your why is. Like why are you choosing to make this decision? Mm. And once Mm. you have that, once you know truly why you're doing it, and you try and hold that as strong as you can because there will be moments down the track where it'll be tested and you want to just give in. And and I found that actually from doing the marathon, it was just like, you know, at the 35 kilometer mark, I'm like, why am I doing this? This is cool. <laughs> <laughs> my like I'm, I'm oh. like I'm limping on my right leg mm. uh, and my left leg just hovering in the air and I've still got seven more kilometers to go yeah. oh. you know that's when that question of why am I doing this and luckily I had prepared my answers ready to go you know ranging from wholesome reasons to more angry reasons to like <laughs> you know proving people wrong and whatnot mm. and that's what fe- fueled me for those last seven kilometers so it's always used that idea about why is this thing important and that sort of trickles down to so many different things. Like even when I talk about like, you know, my mom and dad, when they visit me, you know, I, I love them so much. But as any parent-child uh, relationship, there'll be moments where they can get on your nerves. So I, when they came over for holidays in Christmas, over Christmas last year, I remember like if they would start to push my buttons, I'd be like, all right, what's your why? Why did you fly them over? Oh, that's right. Because you want to spend more time and have a wholesome holiday with them. So don't get angry with them just because they chucked the, the garbage in the wrong bin or whatever. You know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> like, so that that question of why and finding something that you enjoy the process of is probably the only consistent advice I can give anyone. Everything else is just up to you, yourself. You know, it, it's just is you just got to find which size fits you, as opposed to a one size fits all policy.
0: That's really yeah. awesome. Awesome advice. Look into your brain first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Seek yeah. the answers. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for joining us today, mate. We've. Oh, my absolute pleasure. So um,
1: my fun. pleasure. It's so I'm glad I, I like the framing of that idea of it, the temptation being another muscle that needs yeah. uh, flexing and I'll, I'll probably take that with me a lot that's really really helpful thank you
0: well uh, thank you Dilbrook thanks for joining us uh, you can catch you on Amazon Prime your, your mm-hmm. stand up special bundle of joy your Fitbit pod uh, podcast mm-hmm. um, check that one out and of course on, on Instagram well yeah. thanks so much it's been my absolute time. pleasure
1: thank you so much for having me guys right,
2: thanks next. again bye
1: bye bye Bye-bye.
0: Eat Yourself Better is brought to you by Be Fit Food. Join the winter 28-day challenge and lose between 5 and 10 kilos in just 28 days.